Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point. Red carpets or interrogation rooms for Chinese students and scholars visiting the U.S.? During the summit between the presidents of China and the United States last November in San Francisco, both sides agreed to promote people-to-people -people exchanges. Chinese President Xi Jinping extended an invitation for 50,000 U.S. students to visit China over the next five years. Since then, groups of U.S. students have made the trip, and the good news is the opposite is also happening. More Chinese students are getting the opportunity to see America for themselves, including a group here in the studio from Beijing Foreign Studies University. But some members of that delegation had to go through hours of interrogation at U.S. Customs. This came after while Chinese ambassador to the U.S. has protested over mistreatment of Chinese students with the valid visas upon entry to the U.S. So what has been the experience of the delegation? from the university. What have they learned about the U.S. and bilateral ties? I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by Professor Xie Tao, Dean of the School of International Relations and Diplomacy, who is head of the delegation, and three members of the team, Ling Jiawen, Zhang Qingzhi, and Xu Chengcheng joining us. The warmest welcome to all of you to the point. So I understand that upon entry to the United States, there was some unexpected episode which happened to you as well. Professor Xie, would you like to share with us what happened to you at the border? Yeah. Sure, Lucian. Uh, it's so great to be back in your studio. After nearly 16, uh, 13 hours of flight and we arrived in Chicago, uh, I stayed in Chicago for six years uh, during my PhD study, so I was very excited to get back to Chicago, especially with my own students this time. Unfortunately, when I go through the immigration, uh, I was stopped by the immigration officer and he said, you have to step aside. We need to verify some additional information for you and your delegation members. So all the six students plus myself were uh, guided towards the uh, you know, other side of the counter. And then we waited for an officer to come in. And so he led me into a room where I was uh, questioned, or you could use the word interrogated, for nearly three hours, while two of my students also uh, had a similar, uh, very uh, you know, horrible experience. Uh, I would say this shocked me. Um, you know, I spent six years studying there. I've been studying America. You know, I've been committed myself to promoting a better U.S.-China relationship. So out of all these things, you know, I've never expected that I would be subjected to this kind of a treatment. Mm -hmm. And so it's three hours of questioning, you know, all kinds of questions. Okay. Have you ever uh, wondered, or is there any explanation that uh, as to why you were put through that kind of interrogation? Could, have you thought about it or found I out about it? I asked the officer who questioned me, I said, you know, why was I selected of all these uh, you know, people coming in from the same flight? And he said, you know, because you are taking a group of students. So I presume they wanted to check Chinese students going to the United States. So I explained to him that you know, we are not regular F1 visa holder students. Instead, they are B1, B2 visa holders and they came to the United short States. Short-term visit. Yeah, just for a short-term visit. Mm. So that's the reason he told me. My cell phone and my computer was taken away. Uh, I don't know. So they uh, scanned the, uh, my cell phone, of course, and so they came back and asked me you know, a lot of questions. You know. so, so I feel 
this is a very unfair treatment. And as far as I know, I can tell you, Liu Xin, I know far more cases of Chinese scholars and students who have been questioned for extended hours by U.S. immigration officers mm. than the reported case of uh, American scholars and students who reportedly have been questioned by Chinese authorities. And I know this for sure. And also I got confirmed by my American counterparts. And so they feel very outraged and upset by my experience too. Uh, let me ask your students here, Jing Zhi and Jia Wen, when you were entering the United States, did you also go through the interrogation or just uh, Professor Xie was questioned for hours? What would happen to you at that moment? Uh, no, we didn't. But some of our uh, fellows were questioned and we were put in a very empty room and we just waited for them to come out. Mm. For how long you had to wait? Uh, three hours maybe because we have to wait all the uh, students together yeah. and Ching uh, what is your um, experience did you go through the interrogation as I well? I didn't but I think you did I didn't you did my friends did mm. um, he just went through the dreadful <laughs> the process we just waited for like three hours there mm. and we ate the food there it was kind of terrible I don't know um, so it was a surprising experience mm. to me, and it was kind of new experience. Mm. I rather not go through that again. I think. Well, especially given the background, uh, we checked the numbers, for instance, by the U.S. embassy and by the U.S. ambassador here to China. It seems the message has been that they welcome Chinese scholars and Chinese, mm. and they want to facilitate their mm. either studying or visiting the United. That seems to be the impression. But what is happening seems to be uh, a different kind of uh, reality. Xi mm. Cheng uh, online on Zoom. I want to bring you in here. Uh, what did you go through during that <coughs> process? Were you screened? Let's not use the word interrogate. Were you screened um, when you? Uh, entered Chicago at that time? Well, I was fortunately enough not to have been interrogated personally, but two of our fellow students did, and we had to wait wait outside for the entire time, and we weren't allowed to go anywhere until they went back out. And uh, one of our fellow students did get interrogated, and during his interrogation, he wasn't allowed to talk to us or to make any eye contact with us personally. So we were pretty surprised when he brushed past us without talking to us. So I thought the situation was pretty serious. Okay. Well, Professor Shear, let's get the complete picture here. We don't want to scare people away. So um, it seems that there have been more students visiting each site, and yet mm -hmm. it seems that at least part of the government on the United States, or maybe there are some American students encountering problems here upon entering China. It seems that uh, not all government is on board to welcome young visitors from the other side. Right. Uh, I think you hit upon a very good point, that is uh, intergovernment agency coordination. So maybe at the very top level, the leadership says, you know, we do want to welcome Chinese students coming to America, but you go down to the DHS level, that is the immigration officer at the mm. airports, and they are law enforcement people. And so they have a lot of discretion. And so maybe some of these guys you know, don't really follow the rules, and maybe they personally have some bad feelings towards some Chinese students. But regardless, I think this had a very chilling effect on people like my students you know, who may be wondering, do I really want to go to America next time? Mm. Mm. You know, maybe I should you know, ch change my choice of going to the UK 
or Europe. Yeah. Right? Well, are you worried or are you still reasonably optimistic after this trip, having gone through the unpleasant inconveniences at the border, but yet you also went to, as I said, three states, right? You had, you had extensive experience in exchanges. What is your impression having gone through the whole trip? Do you think there is hope that people to people, especially student exchanges, will revitalize between the two countries or this is going to be a precarious recovery? I would say I'm cautiously optimistic about the future of uh, China-U.S. scholarly exchanges. You asked me, you know, is there any change? Like Chen Chen said, definitely there is a change in the atmosphere. You can feel like our American counterparts are less willing to reach out to us, to accept uh, initiatives uh, from our side. For example, the Chinese government has launched quite a few initiatives to invite American students and scholars to visit China, right? Mm. But you see very few of them are coming back, even though, like you said, in the past couple of weeks, we do see some delegations from right. Columbia, from other universities, right? So, so absolutely, Lucian, there is a change of the downside, that is negative side. People are not so more enthusiastic about coming to China. I mean, mm. the American side. Mm. Well, um, as far as we know, um, several groups have visited China and mm. 10 students from California State University, Long Beach, have just wrapped up their 10-day exchange program in the Chinese city of Qingdao. And uh, a CCTV reporter caught up with the team. And this is what one of the team members had to say about that experience. Let's listen in. I think the biggest highlight was talking to the other like university students kind of like really connecting them during the, the trip and they're like kind of thinking like we're all the same you know it's like even though we're like two different countries i also another thing i took away was just how easy you can bond like how fast you can bond with the people there i like after one day it was just like we were we were, we were close friends yeah. already Ling Jiawen, what is your experience having um, tried to bond with your american counterpart did you feel similarly uh, yes, I feel that uh, during our stay in the U.S., uh, most uh, American or the, all the Americans treated us very friendly. But I'm not sure if they could represent the majority of the American people. I can share you with a story. I met a boy named Merrick in Emory University, mm. and he minors in Chinese. He knows a lot of uh, things like uh, the Chinese classic literature, and he shares with us the book she, uh, he was reading uh, named To Live by Yu Hua. So I saw that he... A contemporary Chinese yeah, writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that he might have a pretty good command of Chinese culture. But he said that he was born in Florida, where the anti-China uh, atmosphere is a little bit strong. And he told us that uh, the attitude of his parents uh, towards China is not that friendly. Mm -hmm. And maybe because they will follow what the politicians or the media propagandize. And actually, he said his parents know little about China just mm. because the anti-China emotion is a So is how a does that make strong. you feel that despite the parents who may not be interested in China at mm. all, this boy still, he is, you know, at least diving into the Chinese culture? Yeah, I think it is because he studied Chinese and he knows something about Chinese culture and he may have some chance like uh, meeting with us and talking to the Chinese people. So he thinks that uh, the people-to-people -people exchange is really important, just as we thought that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
Chingji, what is your experience uh, when you engaged with the American people or American peers? Did you feel that you could easily talk to them or there was this interest in getting to know you about you or about China or about Chinese culture? Definitely. In fact, I dreamed about going to the States when I was a kid. So oh. I kind of feel like uh, this is going to be an amazing trip. So. After the trip, I wasn't let down by the States at all. And the first impression of the States is actually people were so nice to me. And after shopping, saying good day, have a good day, good night, and in the elevators, and this uh, made me feel so pleased because I'm an introverted guy. So before I went there, I was super scared. They may scare me because they talk too much. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, when I talked to this girl called Miranda, who's an undergraduate in an Emory University, was super interested in Chinese mm. movies. Mm. We talked about In the Heat of the Sun by Zhang Wen and Red Sorghum by Zhang Yimou. Mm. We have so much topics to talk about. I feel like we could be friends if we uh, live lived in the same university. Yeah. So despite the scary experience at the airport, you actually had a very good time in exchange with your American students. Uh, Xu Chang Chang, what is your experience in California or in the other places that you had? Well, I think uh, I very much agree with both of my fellow students' opinions. I think generally the American people, at least on this trip, is they're very nice to us personally. and. Um, I have noticed really that the people, actually the students, who are actually involved in Chinese studies or actually getting to know these Chinese cultures and actually making their trip to China, actually when engaged with the people in China, they have generally a more positive view against China and the Chinese people. And also the second point is that when we're interacted people to people, like on a personal level, the American people generally are nice and uh, I would say nicer than we would imagine when we're in China at themselves. And uh, also I would I would like to point out that even the adults, like the older generations, I think comparatively they have much of an opinion as, as they formed, as they grew up, as the era, but there's been a positive change in the Gen Z, like the uh, younger generations, that they are more open to changes mm. and more open to communication as we can always communicate on our shared interests and also the friendly relationships that has been built among us. Thank you. Well, what is the biggest surprise to you? I mean, I, uh, let me ask this uh, question again to the young people here. Uh, what is the biggest thing that you didn't expect before and what did you find out during the trip? Who would like to pick this up? For me, it's actually um, before we went to the Trump's rally, we were, I was scared again because Trump's opinion on China is quite radical, I think. So I, I'm afraid we're the only Asians in the rally. Some people may you say... You may get a, a, attacked. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I was terrified. But after uh, when I got there, people were super nice. And there was this old lady. But you know Trump yeah. is uh, not is, how shall I say, um, some of the worst names given to the Chinese people were uh, surfaced during the Trump era. I'm putting it very mildly. Do you know that? I mean, he yes. has been using very strong words against Chinese people, against Chinese culture. So although you were not physically threatened <laughs> yeah. in that rally, but you know the consequence yeah, of yeah. Uh, what he's doing. 
Yeah, we're standing in the front row, so we're super close to Trump.、Mm. And every time he's talk about China, I feel like, oh, he's not watching us. So I was kind of terrified. But what did you learn from attending this rally?、Um, for me, is that I kind of don't like Trump supporters, to be honest, because I haven't got there. But after I went there, I feel like everybody on on the camp on the rally it was super nice individually. All right. To be honest. Okay.、Um, even though they're、uh, Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you have the right to feel the way you do. Jia Wen, what is your biggest surprise takeaway?、Uh, for me,、trip? I think that it was amazing for us to be able、uh, to witness the whole process of the Republican caucus.、Mm. Yeah. You know, a friend of us actually he's a Democrat, but he pretended to. To be a Republican, and he just、uh, went to the caucus side, and that's why he could lead us to the side too. Because he said to the、uh, staff there that I have brought some friends of mine to to observe the caucus process.、Mm. And another amazing point is the informal process of the caucus. Because we would like to、uh, hold an election or、uh, organize a voting, we have to set up at least two supervisors to make sure the outcome. To be totally、uh, open, fair, transparent, but、uh, in the caucus in the Republican, there was no one supervising the whole process, and they just uh, uh, picked up a volunteer from the audience, which could be also a voter of them, and to help them count the、uh, ballots.、Mm-hmm. So I think it's very informal and casual. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me go to Prof- Professor Shear. You are bringing these young students to open their eyes, right, to see America.、Um, are you surprised? Or are you concerned in any way or another、uh, what the information they're getting and what kind of impression they are getting of of America? I think I talk to them all the time, right? And we were traveling on the bus and on the airplane. I get a strong sense that each and every one of them is opening their eyes to different views. Like they said, you know, personal level, they had a very good feeling about American people. But of course, at the government to government level, that's a different story. Uh, so I will get back to this rally point you mentioned. I was surprised by the size of the crowd and the passion、uh, during Trump's rally. You so got, even you、yeah. were surprised. I I think we got to be physically on the spot, on the ground,、mm. to get a feel of that person, like the size of the crowd, the way people talk. The way that how much noise that is made at the rally. So you compare Donald Trump's rally with that of DeSantis and Nikki Haley's. We went to all three of them. So I definitely got a feeling that、mm. Trump、why、had the th- biggest support. Why do you think it is important for young students from China to also、mm. understand why Trump has so much popularity, especially、mm. among the Republicans, and why is it important for them to to understand that? It's it's important because you know if you want to study America for, as a scholar. As a student, and you want to get an、uh, as objective view as possible, right? So sometimes, you know, we, including myself, could be misled by information from journalists from American or Chinese side. And so, once you are on the ground, you see with your own eyes, and you have a better judgment. So I think, you know, seeing is believing. In many cases, this is true. Yeah. yeah. So you also talked about、um, how. Mesmerizing, basically,、mm. you know, a political figure can be among the crowd, and that's creating a kind of atmosphere that everybody gets involved in. What should we prepare for? 
in terms of the outcome because people here are genuinely worried if Trump is re-elected. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about facts here. People have big question marks. Let's talk about it, given what he has advocated four years ago, three years ago. Well, I think you know, everybody here, or at least many people around the world, are rightfully worried about Donald Trump coming back to the White House. And my own sense is that he does have a fair good chance mm. of being uh, re-elected okay, yeah. for a second term. Okay? Mm. But back to the point about this uh, you know, noise and politicians campaigning, you also get a sense like you know, when we went to the rallies, you can see like everybody was kind of attacking the other person. Everybody was trying to say, you know, look at my record. But there is very little substantive discussion of what I would do on a particular policy issue. So in a word, I think for each of them, Trump, you know, DeSantis and Haley, there's a lot of this style messaging rather than really getting down to the policy details, like say, for example, what is wrong and what we I propose to do, right? Read my lips, you know, all this. That's, that's one point you can definitely feel on the spot. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, uh, Qingzhi, I'm, I'm curious because you say you like that, right? You say, <laughs> you, say you even like um, a, a figure like Donald Trump, but you know if he becomes elected as president of the United States, there could be very harsh consequences. For instance, he may reintroduce a trade war a full-blown yeah. trade war against China. So what is your understanding about Are you not worried about that? I'm, I'm just curious, okay, after your trip to the I, United States. I definitely agree with that because... Uh, but still you like him I, as a person, as a character. I don't think I like him. I just like the feeling of attending those rallies, getting emotional hyped. Okay. Do you think it is important for you as a student of foreign language and culture of international politics and relations to understand the on-site hype. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Because when you learn those things on books, on news, those aren't actually real, I think. When you go there, you actually feel the uh, energy, the atmosphere, mm -hmm. people are talking, shouting, and there, those speeches were delivered uh, individually to yeah. you. And yeah. uh, you kind of feel that energy, the vibes. So that you can understand the situation, the yes. policy, the, the policy-making process better. Xu Chengcheng, let me ask you, uh, what did this whole trip uh, impress upon you? What is your takeaway so that you're going to apply in your study, in your research later on? I think the most impressive memory, I, I totally agree, is the rally and the caucuses because one of our goals of this trip is to getting to know the U.S. politics by real life experience. And I think the biggest takeaway that I, from my own point of view, is that because I'm an English major student and um, I studied linguistics before and I'm very much harmed and also I'm inspired by Trump's way of displaying himself as okay. a speaker <laughs> and as Trump a is an inspiration for a lot of Chinese students. Uh, okay. No, it's like what I me meant by that is the I think the speeches and the words they use and the tactic like Professor Xie just mentioned by attacking their opponents instead of briefing on their own policies there is kind of this language framing that we see in Trump's speech. And it really interests me myself is that how do the Republicans and de the Democrats, the progressives actually get their message through and getting their votes. And this 
language and this language framing that I would say is I think it's really interesting of this yeah. uh, integrating my major with the politics in the U.S. Okay. Uh, in the U.S. elections. Yeah. Well, I understand what you're talking about. It's a double-edged sword, right? The power of uh, the ability to communicate. If you communicate uh, effectively, but to convey the right message is okay. But if you pursue a populist um, approach, then the, the effects can also be damaging. I'm not making any judgment here. I'm just saying, as a, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I hope I'm right. But once again, um, I'm happy that you went there, but the opposite seems to be very, very different. Right now, the latest numbers show there are 270,000 Chinese students studying in the United States, but there are about two, 350 <laughs> US students studying in China. Uh, Jiawen, let me g give this question to you. Do you think it would helpful? It would be helpful that more American students or American young people make the trip as you have done to the United States. Yes, of course. I think the nowadays as the uh, tensions with the tensions between the China U.S. I think the people-to-people -people exchanges, especially the dialogue among the youth of our two countries, is necessary. Because if you don't have the uh, you know the exchanges at the subnational levels, you will only hear what the media wants to to hear and what the Chinese image is shaped by the politicians mm. but if you study Chinese culture or you visit China uh, in person one day you'll find that actually uh, the Chinese people are very friendly just we will treat you as you uh, as those Americans treated us Mm -hmm. Very nice message. Um, Professor Xie, if you have an opportunity to send a message to American students who are interested in China, what would you say to them? And uh, is there an effort ongoing to make life easier for foreign visitors in general to visit and stay in China at least? Well, I, I mean, my message to American students is that don't be scared by all this misinformation or inaccurate information about American scholars and students being detained, harassed by Chinese authorities. Just to buy a ticket, you know, come over to China and see with your own eyes. China is not as scaring as you think or as um, some of the American media tell you to be. Right? So we had the same experience. You go there and see with your own eyes. I also have a message for American law enforcement officials, okay? Do not harass or question, interrogate Chinese students. They are friends of America. They come to America to study. And so if you keep questioning them, you keep deporting them without a fair reason, and then you are actually decoupling the most important ties between the two countries, that is people-to-people -people exchanges. Thank you so much, uh, delegation from the um, uh, Beijing Foreign Languages Study, headed by Professor Xie Tao, who is Dean of the School of International Relations and Diplomacy, and uh, his students, uh, Ling Jiawen, Zhang Qingzhi, and Xu Chengcheng. Thank you very much. With that, we come to the end of this uh, special edition of The Point with me, Liu Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle Lushin in Beijing. We've got the point.